All right, thank you, Brother Jonathan. I appreciate that. Let's take our Bibles and turn to 1 Kings chapter number 3. 1 Kings chapter number 3. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Pastor Farmer, for all the hospitality. And uh, just been a wonderful time being here. We've enjoyed our time. And what a beautiful place. The last time I preached, uh, you weren't in this building. And I'm so thankful. Aren't you glad for God's goodness, church? Then it's a blessing to be here. All right, 1 Kings chapter number 3, and I want to preach a message to you from 1 Kings chapter number 3, and then Brother Polly's going to come, and I'm praying for him that God's uh, message will be on his heart. It's a blessing to be here. 1 Kings chapter 3, beginning in verse number 1. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse number 1. The Bible says, And Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David, until he had made an end of building his own house, and the house of the Lord, and the wall of Jerusalem round about. Only the people sacrificed in high places, because there was no house built under the name of the Lord under those days. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places. And the king went to Gibbon to sacrifice there, for that was... The great high place, a thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. Did you notice the theme there? How many of you noticed three times in three verses the expression, high places? And did you notice how God's giving history? And this is a section of the Bible called the historical portion of Scripture. The historical. But as God is writing history, how many of you can tell God's kind of a, He said that word only. You see that? Only. Only. And I want to talk to you tonight about high places. High places. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, it is a pleasure to be here. We are so thankful that you've given us this opportunity. And God, you know our weaknesses. Lord, you know where where we are weak and where we need you. And Lord, you know that I need you especially right now. And I mean that, God. And I pray that you would please empty me of where uh, of myself and Lord of Michael Plowman and that Jesus Christ would be shown in my life. Lord, what a tremendous uh, potential you have in this this place. Lord, these young people that are gathered here, and uh, God, you could speak to their hearts, just as the pastors already testified. God, um, you speak to us personally. God, you show us things in our lives that we need. And I'm so thankful for that. God, I pray that you'd do it again. Lord, I pray that some young man or some young lady or some worker that's here tonight, Lord, you would reach down in the midst of everything going on in their life, and you would speak directly to them. And Lord, we know it's not by might nor by power, but by your Spirit you do this. We need a a spiritual moving in this place, and I pray that we would have it. Lord, we need you. We ask it in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, um, this, this expression, high place, it caught my attention. I've been preaching through the book of First Kings at our church, and we got to this section of Scripture, and I began to look at that little theme about uh, the high place. And, and God, is, God, God is talking about Solomon. And we know, you know, Solomon is one of the great characters in all the Bible. In fact, in just a few verses, we're going to learn, and you, you're going to... The Bible's going to tell you about that story that you've all read about in Sunday school. You know, where, where Solomon is gathered there and, and he, he makes these sacrifices and God, God comes to him at night and what a question. God says, Hey, Solomon, ask anything you want 
and you, you just name it, and, and I'll grant it to you. And so, remember what Solomon said? He said, I don't want uh, riches or, or long life. What I really want is wisdom. And God said, hey, that was the right thing to ask. You remember that story? I mean, this is a, a portion of Scripture where, where God's going to put His blessing on, on this young man, Solomon. And God is making it known that, that Solomon is his choice. In fact... Chapter 1, there's a guy that tried to come and, and take the kingship from Solomon. And God said, no, that's not going to happen. You're my choice. God's going to put his blessing on Solomon's life. And and uh, he's just getting started out. He's he's fresh. He's new. You know, it kind of reminds me of this group right here. I mean, you're starting your life out. I mean, and, and you're, you've made the choice to be at a, a youth conference. You're, you're here. You're thinking, hey, God, I want your blessings on my life. I could be anywhere else, but, but I think there's value in this. And so, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come and I'm going to listen to your word being preached, kind of like Solomon was. And you know what? God is going to bless Solomon. The Bible's going to tell us in just a little bit that Solomon is so prosperous that the, the silver becomes like stones. Can you imagine that? Silver laying on the ground is like a stone. Think about that. The Queen of Sheba is going to travel thousands of miles just to hear Solomon's wisdom. How many of you understand Solomon was going to be blessed by God? Talk to me a little bit. How many understand Solomon's God's choice? Are y'all with me? He's a young man with his life and all the potential in front of him. But in this passage of Scripture, God is describing the beginning of all of it. How it all begins. And God says, listen, Solomon, you're my choice. Solomon, I've chosen you. Solomon, I put my blessing. I'll tell you what, look at verse 1. You see where it says that, that Pharaoh gave his own daughter to, to Solomon? Are y'all with me? Now look, Egypt was the most powerful nation on the face of the earth at that time. They didn't have to marry their daughters for political alliances. Israel is coming up. They're becoming powerful. They're becoming on the world scene. And God is putting His blessing there. And then God says, okay, I want to... I want to add this little word in there, only. You know what? Every one of us have an only. Only. I mean, Solomon's doing, doing some good things for God. Only. Uh, I, I, I tell you one thing. The dentist. I say that word. How many of you, does anybody here like going to the dentist? All right, I don't. I don't like going to the dentist. And, uh, and uh, I like the dentist. But I don't like going to see the dentist. It's the one person I don't like to see. Now, my hygienist, you know, you go to the hygienist first. And she's a member of our church. And she is so nice. She's like, hey, Pastor Plowman, how are you doing? She's got Christian music playing. I go in there. I lay back in the chair. She's real gentle. I'm her preacher. And she's taking good care of me. And she'll, she knows, oh, everything's good, good, good. And then the dentist comes in, though, after that. You know what I'm talking about? And have you ever seen that little thing they have? It looks like Captain Hook. How many of you know? It's like a metal. You know what? It, I've learned. Here's what it's called. The official term, it's called the explorer. And then, so after the hygienist is done, the Christian music's playing, you know, I'm, I'm in there worshiping the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This is good. You know, and, and uh, all that. And, um, and then the dentist comes in and puts the gloves on. Are y'all with me? Not smiling. And it takes out Captain Hook's arm. Right? And then she's talking to the hygienist and I'm laying there. And the dentist starts taking that. Has that ever happened to you? And then starts going, wink, wink. Sticking that thing in your teeth. I said, oh, what are you doing? She said, I'm looking for soft spots. 
Instead of going, and then she'll inevitably she'll say, oh, she'll make that sound. And then she'll look over to the hygienist and says, okay, you know, the lower mandibular number 36 molar, let's put a watch on that one. Have ever heard the dentist say that? We're going to put a watch on that tooth. What does that mean? That means there's a soft spot right there. We've got to watch it. You know what God's doing right there? You know what God's doing in 1 Kings chapter 3? You know what he's doing? He's putting a watch. He's saying, now look, Solomon, hey, look, you got the juice right now. I mean, you got potential. You, you, your, your life is dedicated. You are so dedicated that I can ask you to w- ask whatever you want and you'll say the right thing. How many believe that's pretty good? I mean, I know some people in this room. I mean, when I was, when I was your age, ask me what you want. I want, uh, I want a 50 touchdown season. You know, I mean, I want a million dollars in the bank. But Solomon, how many of you agree with me? He, he did a pretty awesome thing when he said, just give me wisdom. And so he's got the potential. But God's saying, hey, listen, I want to tell you something. Uh, we got to watch something. Now, there's some older people in this room that could stand up and give you testimony after testimony of young people that had all the potential. They had it. They were the, they were the, they were the rising star. They were the, they were the one that said the right thing. They were the one that volunteered. They were, and, 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 but there was that thing. And so God mentions this idea of high places. Everybody say it together. High places. Ready? One, two, three. All right. Now, take your Bibles. Let me show this to you. Look in Numbers 33. Hold your place here. We're coming back. You got to see this in Numbers 33 because God is, God's talking to Israel and he's like, Hey, you're going to go into the land of Israel. And, um, and when you go into that land, I want, I want to tell you one thing you've got to watch out for. So look in, um, Look in uh, Numbers chapter 33. Look in verse number 50. Numbers 33 and verse number 50. All right, if you found Numbers 33, say amen. amen. If you're excited about it, say hallelujah. hallelujah. All right, look at Numbers 33. If you're sitting next to somebody that doesn't have a Bible, show them your Bible there, okay? Watch this. Numbers 33. All right, look in verse 50. And the Lord spake unto Moses in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho, saying, Speak, uh, speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, when you are passed over into Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you. All right? Destroy all their pictures and destroy all their molten images. That's those idols. Everybody knows that's wrong. And watch this. And quite pluck down all their high places. Don't you love that expression? Pluck them down. Pluck them down. You ever plucked something before? Plucked it. God says, now when you get in that land, you're going you're gonna to come to these things called high places. When you get to the high places, I want you to pluck them down. I want you to get rid of them. What were those high places? Where these Canaanites, well, that's where they worshiped their false gods. They'd be like elevated, kind of like a platform. It was an elevated, flat place, and they would have an altar there. You know, they would have a place to sacrifice the altar, to have the blood, and to, and to build the fire. They would worship, that's where they worshiped their false gods. And God said, when you go on that land, now you find every one of those high places, and you tear them down. But guess what Israel did? They got in there, they tore the, they tore the idols down, they got rid of all that, but they got to looking at that high place and they said, man, this is nice. It's, it's already, the roads are already coming in here. It's a, it's a central location in the cities. It's a flat place. We'll just keep the high place. We'll worship God where they once worshiped idols. We're going to keep the high place. And, 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 and that, how, how many of you agree with me? That's not what God said to do. 
God said, you got to get rid of it. See, God saw the potential of that pulling them away from God. And can I tell you something? We all have areas in our life that if we're not careful, they can pull us away from God. And and that's called high places. No, I'll give you an example of this. The Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher. That's called, it's like a besetting sin. Have you ever heard a preacher talk about that? It's that, that thing in your life that, 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 uh, it so easily pulls you away from the love of Christ. It could be a, a thing. It could be a person. It could be a, it could be a place. But it's anything or any person or any place in your life that, that just, that, that, that diverts you from doing what God wants you to do. It's a high place. I was, uh, uh, talking to a friend of mine. He preaches in the prisons. That's a fun place to preach, man. Preaching. And he goes and he's got this, this boy who talks like this. He talks like this. He's a prison preacher. And he scares me to death just talking to me. And, uh, and he called me up one day. He said, hey, brother Plowman. I said, what you doing, John? He said, I've been preaching at the prison. And I said, what would you preach on? He said, I was preaching from Hebrews 12, the besetting sin. And he started laughing. He said, I asked them men at the prison, anybody know what a besetting sin is? He said, one of them said, yes, that sin that be sitting beside you all the time. <laughs> I don't want you to raise your hand. But how many of you teenagers got that, that thing that be sitting beside you all the time? It's that high place. It's that area in your life where, where if you're not careful, it'll, it'll pull you away from God. God calls it a high place. It was, it was, it was just so, uh, so evident. And God said, you gotta get rid of it. And, uh, and it, not, not always a bad thing. Not always a bad thing. Um, but it will pull you away. It has the potential. How many know sports aren't bad? I mean, sports are good. I like sports, man. I coach, I played sports. I coach sports. I love it. Sports are great. I mean, you know, I mean, if you've got boys, they're gonna, they're gonna hit something. Might as well hit a ball. As to your sheetrock or your window, they're going to throw stuff, right? And, and sports are great. That takes that energy. But how many of you know that that thing can become a high place? I mean, work is great. You know, I, I, you ought to work. The Bible says if a man won't work, you ought not eat. I mean, I don't even know you got to work. But how many of you know sometimes a teenager will get a job and that job will keep him out of church? See, so you got you to be careful about these, these high places. I mean, I'm so thankful that... Uh, as a guy, man, when I was a teenager, I remember when I, when I saw my wife, boy, Miss Rachel, I fell in love and we had, I mean, the chemistry, the buzz was there. I'm thankful that God, as a man, I'm thankful that God made women. I'm thankful for romance. I mean, are y'all with me? Are you guys with me? I mean, girls are, are you glad that, that God made guys? I mean, I mean, that's a wonderful thing when two people fall in love. It's like the two, the, the two young people they were dating and, uh, and, uh, they were, the guy was trying to impress the young lady and, uh, he wanted to, he wanted to show he was a praying man, but he really liked her and he wanted to kiss her. Yeah, I know, I know. And so he, he was standing there at the door and he thought, I got to make this spiritual. So he looked up in the sky and he said, father, father up above, may I kiss the one I love? Well, that little girl's brother had snuck out of the window and was leaning on the tree watching to see if they were going to kiss. And he whispered down. He said, send her, send her down below, puck her up and let her go. <laughs> but, but how many of you know that God puts that in your heart? Young guys, if you're a guy, God puts it in our heart to fall in love. Young ladies, God puts that in your heart. You like guys. It's a good thing. 
But if you're not careful, you can become a high place. It can divert you. It can pull you away from the will of God. Are y'all with me? Okay, now watch this. God said get rid of them. I read this quote from a guy named Martin Luther. He was a famous preacher years ago. He said, if I profess with the loudest voice and the clearest exposition every portion of the truth of God except precisely that little point which the world and the devil, devil are at that moment attacking, I'm not confessing Christ. However boldly I may be professing Christ. Look, what's that little area in your life? What's that thing that God said, I want you to lay aside? I want you to pluck it down. I want you to get rid of it. Are you with me? I mean, I think about my life when I was sitting where you're sitting and, uh, and, uh, I'd go to, I'd go to, uh, services like this and the preacher, he could be preaching about, uh, you know, Daniel and the, and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. But boy, it was that thing that God was always talking to my heart about. That conviction, I call it the quiver in your liver. That whenever the preacher's preaching, you feel it. You know it's there. And God's putting his finger on it and said, hey, that's a, that's a high point. That's an area in your life. Now, here's the great thing about Israel, or the amazing thing. Um, they had some great kings. After Solomon, are y'all, look, Solomon, God said he was wonderful except this one area. So then God raised these kings up. Here's one. His name was Jehoshaphat. I just like that name, don't you? Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat, he did some good things. You know what Jehoshaphat did? Jehoshaphat looked around. He said, man, there's some things that aren't right. I'm the king now, and I'm going to make them right. I love what one thing he did is he, he got a bunch of preachers and just cut them loose on his nation. He said, y'all go to every city and just start preaching. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? And they did. And, and, and you know, revival came. But you know what God said about Jehoshaphat? There's one thing he couldn't do. I mean, he got the people right, and he got the temple right, and he got a lot of things right. But guess what? He couldn't get rid of the high places. It kind of reminds me of a youth group sometimes. You go to camp in the summertime, or you go to a conference like this, and man, you get a lot of things right. You look around, and you say, man, when I go to school, I'm going to be more right with God than anybody in my class. What about your high place? And there's another guy, there's another king, and, and his name was Joash. And, and Joash, man, he did some great things. I was, I was reading about Joash. He started with seven years old, and he, he, he made this chest, and he's like, we gotta repair the temple of God. Man, the, 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 the church is not what it's supposed to be. We're gonna take up a big, big offering. He put a, he put a chest down there. He said, everybody bring your offerings. And they put their money in the chest, and, and you know, he repaired the temple. He did some amazing things, but you know what Joash couldn't do? He couldn't get rid of the high places. There's another guy, and, and his name was uh, Amaziah, and Amaziah was a great king, and Amaziah did some amazing things. He was in that good line of kings. God called him a good line of king, but God said he didn't, he didn't have a perfect heart. You know why? He couldn't get rid of the high places. You know what? This world needs some teenagers that can get rid of the high places. I mean, I'm serious about that. You know, God's looking out and he's like, hey, listen, it's wonderful that you've got potential. It's, it's wonderful that you're here. I'm, I'm thankful you're here. It's wonderful that you've given this weekend to serve God. And many of you, you do some great things for God and you honor your parents and, and you try to do right. But what about the high place? Azariah was another one. Hey, there's a great preacher. His name was F.B. Myers. He was praying one time. And he was giving his testimony about when he was a young man. He said, I, I wanted to serve God, but there's a few things in my life that I just... It was so hard to give up. And I was praying to God one time and he said, God, I'm going to serve you, but let me just keep this one area in my life. And he said, I began to pray that way. And he said, I realized that the more I prayed that way, it was like the hand of God was just coming off of my life. How many of you know God wants everything? 
I mean, t- just dedicate yourself to him. Now, here's the thing. Um, there was one king, and he's amazing. I want you to look at it, 2 Kings chapter 18. And now, we're in 1 Kings. I want you to look in 2 Kings 18. And um, this king, he finally set the example. He finally said, I'm, I'm going to get rid of the high places. I love it. Look at it. First Kings or Second Kings chapter 18. The Bible says, Now it came to pass in the third year of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, you got that? First, Second Kings 18, verse 1. It came to pass in the third year of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. Twenty and five years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned twenty and nine years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Abby, the daughter of Zechariah, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David his father did. He removed the high places and break the images and cut down the groves and break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses has made. For under those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it, and he called it... Nahushtan. Everybody say Nahushtan. Ready? One, two, three. No, nah, you didn't say it good enough. Ready? One, two, three. Nahushtan. What is Nahushtan? Well, see, there's this, there's this special, uh, high place. And, um, it was 800 years old. Can you imagine something? We don't even have a thing in America. You know, our monuments aren't even 800 years old. This thing was 800 years old. Remember the story in Numbers where the, the serpents came and they bit the children of Israel. And then the children of Israel, God said, all right, Moses and Aaron, make a brazen serpent and carry it through the camp. And anybody that looks at that serpent, if they were bitten, they won't die. And Jesus said, as Moses lifted up in the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That's a picture of Jesus on the cross. And how many of you thankful that all you got to do is look at Jesus. You can be look and live. And so Moses carried that serpent, or Aaron carried that serpent through the camp, and all those people that got bit by the snake, they looked at it. Well, they took that serpent and they made it a high place. And the Bible says that for 800 years, the children of Israel would go to that, that high place. And, and the thing that was supposed to represent God, they worshipped it as it was God. And they, it took their focus away from God. And God had told them in Numbers 33, don't have any high places. And Jehoshaphat couldn't get rid of the high places. And Amaziah couldn't get rid of the high places. And Joash couldn't get rid of the high places. And the children of Israel for 800 years, they had high places. And Solomon couldn't get rid of the high places. You know and it reminds me of, 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 of people in church and people that are Christians and people that are saved and people that have potential. But there's these areas in their life they're just not willing to give up. And, and they were worshiping that image instead of worshiping God. And finally, Hezekiah said, my goodness, we got to get rid of this thing. And he had the boldness to stand up. And the Bible says he called it Nahustan. So what in the world does Nahustan mean? Well, it's a great word. It's a word that when they translated your Bible, they didn't translate it. They just brought the Hebrew word over. It's a Hebrew word, and you won't believe what it means. It means piece of trash. Piece of trash. And so you know what Hezekiah did? He said, listen, I know all of you people think this is wonderful. I know all of you people think this is great. I know you worshipped it, and your mama worshipped it, and your granddaddy worshipped it, and I know Solomon couldn't get rid of it. I know Jehoshaphat couldn't get rid of it. I know Amaziah couldn't get rid of it. I know Joash couldn't get rid of it. But I'll tell you what it is. It's a piece of trash. Boy, I tell you what. 
Would to God some of you young people would look around and say, I don't care if every one of my friends do it. I don't care if every, I don't care if my mama did it. I don't care if my granddaddy did it. I don't care if the whole world says it's right. I don't care if YouTube says it's right. I don't care if Snapchat says it's right. I don't care if Instagram, it's on the gram. It's on the gram. Bless God, I don't care if the gram says it's right. If God says it's wrong, I'll tell you what it is. It's nothing but a piece of trash. A piece of trash. When are some of you going to call it in the hoose tan? Call it what it is. Throw it in the garbage. Get it out of your life. Get it off your social media. Get it out of your heart. It's a piece of trash. No hoostan. No hoostan. Piece of trash. Piece of garbage. Man, if old Hezekiah came here today, can't you see that king? All those dignified. I know what some of y'all think. I'm a mind reader. Here's dignified Hezekiah. And now our prestigious king is going to make a proclamation. Everybody sitting out there, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, God help them. All the old people, young people, and everybody ready for a Kingly announcement. Hezekiah gets up his royal robes. Clears his throat. He wouldn't walk like he'd walk up on the steps like this. Everybody's hushed. You ready? Everybody's on the edge of their seat. And now today, I would like to make an announcement about the brazen serpent and the high place. The one that Solomon worshipped at. The one that Jehoshaphat worshipped at. The one that Joash worshipped at. The one that Amaziah worshipped at. And now, I'll tell you what I think about it. Everybody's just ready. I can just see him, can't you? What I think about it is, it is a piece of trash! And he sat down. And you know, sometimes, sometimes somebody just needs to tell you. I don't care if it's been 800 years. Trash is trash. I don't care if everybody else does it. Trash is trash. I don't care if it may be even a good thing. Trash is trash. Spurgeon said discernment is not the ability to tell the difference between What's good and bad. He says it's the ability to tell the difference between what's good and almost good. What Nehushtan do you have in your life? Hey, um, let me show you something. Uh, take, your Bible, take your Bibles and turn just a few books over to 2 Kings chapter 22. There's this guy. His name is, and I love him, Josiah. You say, well... How do I know what Nehushtan is? How do I know what my high place is? The Bible says one day Josiah was introduced to a book. And that book that he was introduced to was the Bible. In 2 Kings chapter 22, 
The Bible says in verse 8, And Hilkiah the high priest said unto Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. And Shaphan to the scribe came to the king and brought the king word again and said, Thy servants have gathered money that was found in the house and have delivered it in the hand of them that do work and have oversight of the house of the Lord. And Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest had delivered me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the book of the law, he rent his clothes. And the Bible describes in the next chapter, chapter 23, when he, when he began to reform, the Bible says in verse 3, the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord. You know what? Let me say something. He got up publicly. And he said, before God, before all my peers, and publicly, because of what God's book says, this is the decision I made. And by the way, it's a great thing to do, make your decisions public. Number one, it'll hold you accountable. Number two, it'll let people pray for you. Number three, there's probably five or six others sitting in the audience that needs to make the same decision you've made. And the Bible says that when he made this, it describes in verse four and what he did, in verse five what he did, in verse six what he did, in verse seven what he did, and then look at what he did in verse eight. And he brought all, this is chapter 23, verse eight. And he brought all the priests out of the house, out of the cities of Judah and defiled the high places where the priests had burned incense from Geba to Beersheba and break down the high places. Here's what I'm trying to get you to see. Although there were a lot of people that didn't get rid of the high places in the Bible, young people, there were some that did. And you're going to have a lot of people your age that won't get rid of the high places. And they'll be good people. But God wants you to be the best. God, and, and, and your parents, many of your parents and your youth directors, one of the reasons and one of their prayers is, is God, let them get rid of the high places. Let them break down the high places. Don't let anything take the place of, 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 of what you have in store for them. And, 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 and what, whatever area of their life that may be, God, just let them tear down the high places. A high place, you know, sometimes a high place will keep you from getting saved. There may be some young people in this room. Can I tell you something? Um, I am um, uh, the first person I ever led to the Lord. I began pastoring. I was 26 years of age. And the first person I ever led to the Lord and baptized was my song leader. How many of you agree it's good to have a saved? He was already leading singing. But my first week of pastoring that church, he came to me and said, Can I tell you something, Pastor? I said, What's that? He said, When I was a young man, I saw my brother come down the aisle and I knew my mom and dad both did work children's church. They were both in charge of that. And he said, I went down with my brother and uh, I, I watched my brother make a decision. And I told the person I want to make the same decision, but I did it because my mom and dad worked in the church and I did it because my brother did it. I never meant it. Can I tell you something? Your mom and dad being saved won't make you saved. You going to church and being in church ever since you were in the nursery, that doesn't make you saved. That can become a high place. Can I tell you something? Being baptized. Now, I baptized a person, uh, a young lady in our church. She just graduated college. And I love what she said to me after. Um, but but she, she, she had made a profession when she was 
young and been baptized. And she thought because she was saved and baptized as a child, she, she was going to heaven. And she realized that, no, baptism doesn't save you. Baptism is a beautiful picture. When you go in the water, you stand upright and the water crosses you. It's a picture of the cross. When the preacher puts you under, it's a picture of the burial of Jesus. When he brings you up, it's a picture of the glorious resurrection. But can I tell you something? That doesn't save you. It's just a picture. But you know, there are young people that you may be sitting here thinking, well, I've been baptized. I'm going to go to heaven. Can I tell you something? That's a, that's a high place if you're looking at it for your salvation. Hey, let me show you something wonderful. Take your Bibles in Ephesians. Turn to the New Testament. Because I know some of you may be thinking, well, that's Old Testament. Well, what about the New Testament? Look in Ephesians chapter 4. Here's what I'm talking about. Nehushtan. Piece of trash. Anything in your life that takes, takes, takes away the, the, the plan of salvation or the, the perfect will of God and what God's trying to do in your life. That's a high place. Look in Ephesians 4 verse 27. How many of you got? It's the shortest verse in Ephesians, I believe. How many of you got Ephesians 4 27? If you got it, say amen. amen. All right, look at this. Let's read it out loud together. Ready? Neither give place to the devil. You can give place to the devil in your life. That's talking to save people. It's talking to people in the Lord. Hey, take your Bibles in the same book, turn to chapter 6, and look at verse number 11. He's talking about spiritual warfare. Ephesians 6, 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For he wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and what? And what? How do you see that in your life? I mean, there's a battle. Can I tell you something? The, the, the greatest battle you're going to fight is over that high place. The greatest battle. Remember that king I told you about? Um, Joash? <laughs> you know what happened to him? He, uh, he was doing great for a while. And there was a preacher that stood up and mentioned some things going on in his life. And as a young man, he loved the Lord. But that preacher got up one day and preached about his high places. You know what he did? He had that preacher murdered. I know many young people, they don't want you touching their high place. They get mad if someone talks about that thing in their life. You know, that's none of their business. That's none of his business. Leave me alone. And I tell you something. There's a spiritual battle that goes on over high place. You know, the greatest thing you could do is just say, Lord, if this thing, whatever it may be, a place, a person, could be a friend in your life that you know. Every time a preacher preaches on friends, God brings that person to your mind and says, that's not a friend that you need to have. It could be a thing. And every time a preacher preaches, and then God just puts his finger on that, you know, there's a spiritual battle going on. The Bible says you, you put on the whole armor of God because there's a, there's a battle over your high places. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God calls it a stronghold. In 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he says it's a stronghold. It's an area in your life that just, oh, it's so hard. It's a place that the devil has in your life. I don't, oh goodness. I wish some of you would just cast it down. Pull it down. 
Don't give a place to the devil. I could give testimony in my own life because I was so hard-headed. I'll give you a couple. I just want to be personal with you. I remember when I was 18 years old. And uh, I was the oldest. And my mom had five boys. I was the oldest boy. I was a good bit older than all my other brothers. My mom had uh, remarried. And, and, and um, I was nine years older than my next brother. I was 15 when, one of, when my last brother was born. And if I, 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 had, um, I had gotten a, a car, I had gotten a job, and because of the nature of our home, I was just kind of on my own from about 16 on. I was just doing my own thing. And my mom and dad raised the other brothers. But I, I, I liked having that because it was, it was my independence. And so I got a job. I paid for all my car. I paid for my insurance. I paid for my gas. And I was going to church. But I started missing church. I wasn't doing anything bad. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't partying. I had a testimony. But I missed church and I'd, I'd work because I needed to pay my insurance. I needed to pay my gas. And I forget a man. He wasn't a preacher. He was a deacon. And our church came up to me. You know what he said? Hey, hey, I, I'll never forget. He just came up to me one Sunday night. I missed church that Sunday morning. I was working. And he said, Michael... He said, I don't know why, but the Lord, as all through the service, I was looking at the back of your head. And the Lord is putting this verse on my mind. Matthew six thirty three, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And he said, can I tell you something, Michael? I don't know what you're missing church for, but nothing's more important than God. And I tell you what, my life changed from that moment on. Wasn't even a preacher. Brother Polly, we were driving over here, and he said, hey, you remember this guy named Jay Goldsberg? Burrow, and I said, yeah, yeah, Burrow. Anyways, and he showed me a picture of him. He said, and it was from when he was in college. And let me tell you what Jay did. When I went, to, I was in Bible college. I hate to miss it. They may take my diploma away. But I was a little bit carnal my freshman year in college. Okay, everybody okay? And a little bit carnal. That's some high places. And one of my high places was music. I mean, I was like, man, I could get down with it. You know, you could probably tell by just looking at me. I'm like, and Jay, Jay was with, we were going on bus. I mean, I was, I, I love serving God. We were going on bus. And, and Jay jumped in my, so you can ride with me, Jay. And he jumped in my car and we were going on bus. Had a, I was cool, man. I had a Honda Civic. But I had air. And so Jay wanted to ride with me. Well, I forgot to turn my music off. I had a, this a, it was a cassette tape, Brother Paul. This was back in the day, okay? And uh, I didn't take it out. Jay said, what? what is that? And he said, he said, we were, he said, what's that garbage? I said, oh, yeah, this is all right, Jay. I said, this is. He said, no. He said, pull over. We pulled in the gas station. And I was thinking about this when you gave me that. And he said, um, I can throw it away. You can throw it away. He said, it'd be better if you did. And I reached out. I, th- I remember the gas station. I threw it away. Nahush tan. I mean, you know, just like there's things. And we all have them. I, I, I gave you those stories just because I want you to know it, it, it's everybody's got them. Yes, sir. That's right. That's right. Good people have them. But you just got to get rid of it. You got to call it Nahush tan. It's trash. Hey, I'll give you one other. Uh, Philippians chapter 2. You know what the Bible says? God hath highly exalted him. Talking about Jesus. Nothing should be higher than Jesus. You know what that means? That means a preacher should be able to get up and talk about 
anything. And it shouldn't be higher than Jesus in your life. That's how you say, what what is a high place? I don't really know if it is. Is it higher than Jesus? Because if it's higher than Jesus, you need to know who's tan it. (laughs) Throw it in the trash. Our Heavenly Father, I know Brother Polly's